0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever Oscars recap on Red Leg Nation Radio, something that no one has been asking for. Actually, a number of you have reached out and asked me about movies and I thought, you know, just finished watching the Oscars. Hey, let's talk about them really quickly before I go to bed. So I want to give you my uh, my thoughts on tonight's Oscars, the best movies of 2019. And if you don't care, just delete it. Just like Bill Lack will do. Just delete it. Don't listen to it. You don't have to listen to this uh, episode if you don't want. But if you're interested in movies want to hear my thoughts, I like giving my thoughts. And I thought, hey, I've got a podcast. I know it's about baseball, and specifically Cincinnati Reds baseball. And literally, no Reds were nominated this year for Oscars, which is kind of a travesty. But uh, let me just go through the... Uh, Oscars uh, ceremony tonight and talk about uh, who should have won, who did win, and we'll get out really quickly because I just, I, I want to talk about it. So first category that was uh, announced tonight during the Oscars ceremony, first of all, it was a garbage ceremony. The They have no host again, which really just, I don't know, it doesn't work. I guess you have to have the right host to make it work, and I don't know who the right host is, but uh, it was just a bunch of nobodies that anybody wanted to hear from introducing presenters who were, you know, most of them fine, but I don't know. It just, it didn't work. It wasn't a great television spectacle like the Oscars usually is, but I'm such a big movie geek that I'm going to watch it anyway. They began with best supporting actor nominees were Brad Pitt for once upon a time in Hollywood, Al Pacino for the Irishman, Joe Pesci for the Irishman, Anthony Hopkins for the two popes and Tom Hanks for a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Brad Pitt won his first acting Oscar which is a little surprising. Well-deserved, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Spoiler alert at the end, I'm going to give you my top movies of the year. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was the best movie of the year, in my opinion. And Brad Pitt was was really good in it. Um, The rest of those nominees were all fine, I guess. Um, Pacino and Pesci, the Irishman was great, if you could make it through it. It was long, but it was great. The Two Popes was fine, and I guess Anthony Hopkins was fine, and I'm not sure why he was Nominated Tom Hanks should be nominated every year for at least one category. And A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was good. So, yeah, that was fine. Uh, animated feature film was next. Toy Story 4 1, which is good for me because that's the only one of the animated feature film movies that I saw. This is how I told my wife, this is kind of how I know that I am uh, aging, I guess, which is that I watched all the best documentary features this year and only watched one of the animated feature film as my children have become teenagers. I don't watch as many of the uh, animated films, but Toy Story was really good. Toy Story Four, I should say, was really, really good, uh, and uh, and deserving, I guess. Uh, we'll skip over the animated short film because who knows? Uh, yeah, I didn't see any of those. Best original screenplay. Now, for best original screenplay, I thought Quentin Tarantino, again, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, had a chance to win. He would have been the first three-time winner since Woody Allen. In the best original screenplay category, uh, maybe the only three-time winners in that. I thought Ryan Johnson had a chance with *Knives Out*, and uh, it's kind of the first real surprise of the night, which is that Bong Joon-ho won best original screenplay for *Parasite*. *Parasite* fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, I'll talk more about it in a little bit. But uh, kind of surprised me a little bit that he won that, and it was he started to get a sense that uh-oh, maybe there's a little bit of uh, uh, Bong Joon-ho love uh, going on this year best adapted screenplay. I thought this one had a chance to be Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Greta Gerwig. I didn't love I did love Little Women. It was not in, among my top 10 movies of the year. Uh, but Greta Gerwig may be the best uh, director working today besides maybe Wes Anderson. I mean she's really great. And I thought she had a chance to win uh for this adi- adaptation of Little Women. The winner was Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. If you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, I don't know how to describe it. It's just um it's really good and it's uh it's kind of amazing what uh YTT did and he wins best adapted screenplay while playing the character of Adolf Hitler. You know, how does how does that work in 2020? But uh if you watch the movie you'll understand it was really good. And uh can't really argue with that one. I thought also Todd Phillips uh, and Scott Silver might have a chance to for Joker there, but no. Uh, we'll skip over some of the other ones. Best Production Design was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Best Costume Design, Little Women. Okay, sure. Now, Best Documentary Feature. This is one that I don't know how many of you all watched documentaries. Um, I, I watched, as I said, all of the nominees this year, and all five of them were really, really good. The nominees were American Factory, The Cave, The Edge of Democracy, Forsama, and Honeyland. American factory one and American factory was really good. And it's on Netflix. If you uh, have Netflix and you, you want to watch that, it's really good. Um, I would probably rank it third out of this group of five. Uh, the best one I thought was for Sama. It was uh, sort of a love letter from a mother to her daughter um, in Syria. The last couple of years with all the whew, uh, mess that's going on in Syria and, and not sure if you're going to survive day to day. And, and a filmmaker kind of made a kind of a love letter from her to her daughter on video. And it was fantastic. Second best one and close to Forsama might have been Honeyland. Um, Honeyland was just, it was amazing. North Macedonia, uh, about a, a beekeeper, but it's so much more than that. It's really amazing. That's on, it may just be for rent on Amazon Prime. I don't think it's actually on Prime. You have to rent it, but it spent a couple bucks, rented that, watched it. And that was, those two were definitely, I thought, better than American Factory. Uh, but American Factory was good. And I would encourage you to watch it. The Cave was also really good. The worst of the five, although I hesitate to use the term worst, was The Edge of Democracy. That one's on Netflix as well. But I thought it was five, number five of those. Uh, Best Supporting Actress was the next category that was uh, given out at the Oscars this year. And, you know, this was one I didn't really understand Going into it, all the, uh, and I'm one of these guys that listens to podcasts and reads things about the Oscar awards because I'm a geek. Come on. You all know that. You've been listening to 300 plus episodes of uh, me talking about baseball. Best supporting actress, Laura Dern, was kind of the winner in the clubhouse for this for some reason. And I think it was maybe possibly because she was, it's kind of a, a career award, you know? She's been nominated before. She's had a good career and had never won. So, um, Everyone was kind of assuming that she was going to win for her role in Marriage Story. And she did win for her role in Marriage Story, which I didn't really get. First of all, I thought her performance in Little Women was better than her performance in Marriage Story, where I thought she overacted a little bit. I can't complain about Dern winning an Academy Award. She's a good actress. Um, I, I had, If I had to vote here, the other nominees were Scarlett Johansson from Jojo Rabbit. Love Scarlett Johansson, but no, uh, not for Jojo Rabbit her role in that was um I don't know it was fine but uh, Margot Robbie for Bombshell I actually haven't seen Bombshell it's one of the few this year that I haven't seen you know I saw over 50 movies that were released in 2019 I have a problem I think the final total was 56 movies that were released in 2019 and I still want to catch up with Pain and Glory from Pedro Almodovar that I haven't seen yet but Bombshell didn't uh didn't catch that one but I don't know, Margot Robbie, she should probably be nominated for everything. She's really amazing. Um, But I don't, so I can't speak on on, on her behalf. The the two that I thought, that I did see, that I thought really were amazing performances were uh, Florence Pugh from Little Women and Kathy Bates from Richard Jewell. Now, Kathy Bates is great in pretty much everything she's in, especially the water boy, where she didn't want her uh, boy playing the foosball. Um, Florence Pugh was great in Little Women. But she was even better in Midsommar. That's, that's what she should have been nominated for, maybe for Best Actress for. But uh, I would have supported either Pew or Bates over Laura Dern for this one. Because I, I don't know, I just thought Dern overacted a little more Marriage Story. But she's a great actor. She's been in, uh, you know, a number of movies that uh, were fantastic. And she gets her uh, career award here. Whatever. I can't uh, complain too much. I just don't really understand why she was so much of a favorite over Pew and Bates. Um, best sound editing and best sound mixing these are two different categories why i don't know i don't understand i like movies but I don't, why are they just two different categories sound mixing and sound editing i don't know it sounds like the same thing now best cinematography was an interesting one uh Roger Deakins won for 1917 if you haven't seen 1917 it's good world war 1 movie and and deakins was it's kind of amazing the way he and, and director Sam Mendes they It's kind of these long shots with no edits, no cuts, and it's' you're, you're, especially the parts where you're like walking through the the trenches in World War one and you really kind of feel like you're in the in the trenches it's really amazing uh Deacons has been nominated fifteen times and somehow only won twice, but uh I can see him winning for nineteen seventeen uh, other nominees were the Irishman Joker, the lighthouse, and once upon a time in Hollywood. All of those other movies were great. Uh, The Irishman, I loved. Uh, Joker, I loved. The Lighthouse is one that not many of you have seen, I bet. Black and White, uh, it was in my top 10 of the year. A little preview there. But when we finished watching it, my wife said, that is the worst movie I've ever seen. So, you know, it's kind (laughs) of, I guess you can see that it, uh, you're going to love it or you're going to hate it, probably. Uh, We'll skip over film editing, visual effects, makeup and hairstyling, and get to international feature film. This was another one that was absolutely uh, going in. It was a winner in the clubhouse. It was going to be Parasite from South Korea. And obviously it won. The only one of those others that I saw was Honeyland, the documentary I talked about a moment ago from North Macedonia, uh, which, again, was really great. You should see them both, but Parasite, obviously. i got no complaints about that because it was so good. Original score. This was uh, won by Joker over Little Women, Marriage Story 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, should we be upset here that The Rise of Skywalker didn't win any awards tonight? I'm not going to be upset about it, but I actually enjoyed it more than most of the people I, I see, uh, the critics and the, the Twitterati, basically. Music, the original song was uh, Elton John from Rocket Man, I'm Gonna Love Me Again. I don't know. I saw Rocket Man. The song's fine. I don't care uh, about that one. A little surprised that uh, the one from Frozen, Into the Unknown didn't win. Mostly because I hear my daughter singing it upstairs uh, every single night. So it's pretty good. And no one can sing it though, uh, as well as my daughter. Now, here's where we get to the biggest surprise, uh, the first big surprise of the night, which was Best Director. I think going in, I, I thought Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood should have been the the winner of this one. I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, but going in, I think the Sam Mendes was considered to be the favorite for this for 1917. Sam Mendes um, directed uh, Skyfall. It's probably the most recent one. The James Bond movie uh, that you've seen. Um, I thought Todd Phillips actually had an outside chance for for Joker. And uh, I would have loved to see Martin Scorsese win for The Irishman. Because, you know, Martin Scorsese is Martin Scorsese. Well, Bong Joon-ho won for Parasite. And I think this was the moment when, actually, as soon as it happened, I turned to my wife and said, um, "I think we're about to have an upset in the Best Picture race because I don't think anyone saw that coming." Bong Juho Ho for Parasite, uh, and, and listen, I can, I can, I can dig it. Parasite was really good, and what Bong Juho Ho did in that movie—if you've not seen it—really, uh, I can't stress enough, you need to go see it because it's ver- it's very stylish. It's kind of like perfectly crafted. Every single second of every single scene is just, it's, it's beautiful. And I don't know, it's, it's worth watching. You really, really need to go see that if you have not already. So Bang Ju ho wins and he gives this speech where it's like, uh, he says something like, oh man, you know, um, I thought my night was done after I won best international feature and best, the uh, screen original screenplay. So I'm going to go drink now. Best Director. Amazing. And uh, first uh, foreign language film ever to win Best Director, I believe. Uh, Although I would have... If you haven't seen Life is Beautiful, I'd throw that one in there. That should have won back in the day. But uh, whatever year that was, 1998, 99, something like that. Next was Best Actor. This was another one that was kind of a a foregone conclusion, which I, I guess I understand. Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker, and everyone kind of assumed he was going to win. He's won all the other awards uh, leading up to this. And he was uh, incredible in that role. I mean, really just as uh, mind-blowing how good he was. But there were two other performances that I thought kind of underrated a little bit. One was Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, he was a million times better in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood than he was in The Revenant, for which he won his, I think it's his only Oscar. And so, I don't know why he wasn't uh, given more of a chance in this one. Certainly a well-deserved nomination, but I can't believe I drank eight whiskey sours, or whatever he said. It's just amazing. Uh, Also, Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Marriage Story is one of my favorite directors. Uh, Noah Baumbach wrote and directed that one. And uh, Driver, you know him better as Kylo Ren. He uh, is... You know, Kylo Ren, whatever But uh, I like I like the Star Wars movies I'm not, not complaining about the Star Wars movies But he's like a legit good actor I mean, he, he's really good in Marriage Story The way I described Marriage Story was It's a really great movie And I never want to see it again If you're married, uh, don't watch it with your spouse If you watch it at all, you're not going to want to watch it more than once It's really tough to watch um, My wife has not gotten around to it yet and uh, I don't know that she will, because I've told her it's just, it's, it's kind of painful if you're in a, in a relationship like that, but it's so well-written and it's so, what I love about the uh, movies, what compels me about movies are ones that move me emotionally in some way, happy, sad, funny, uh, you know, anguish, something. And marriage story definitely does that. And Adam driver's performance is unreal. The other nominees were Antonio Banderas for pain and glory, which I didn't catch up with Jonathan price for the two popes who should not have been nominated. Not that he was bad. It's ludicrous that Adam Sandler was not nominated in this category for Uncut Gems. I'm serious. Adam Sandler. Again, the Waterboy. <laughs> Billy Madison. Adam Sandler. Uncut Gems. I don't know if Adam Sandler will ever have another chance to win an Oscar. But Uncut Gems was unbelievable. Absolutely amazing. And i really disappointed he didn't at least get a nomination to, uh, to you know, kind of... Uh, let everyone know that he did some really really good work in that movie now best actress this was another one where it was kind of a foregone conclusion that it was going to be Renee Zellweger for Judy and I don't understand why Renee Zellweger was really good in Judy but Judy was not a great movie and Renee Zellweger's already won an Oscar and I just can't figure out why other than kind of the uh, uh you know the Long time Oscar, uh, you know, preference for actors playing, you know, a real person. Uh, you know, those those roles always seem to be uh, recognized at the Academy, and so you know, she played Judy Garland in that. What she she was legitimately good. I mean, uh, she was way better than the movie uh, was. Her performance was much better than this kind of okay movie that she was in, but not great. Uh, but I don't understand why she was uh, considered to be higher than. Sersha Ronan, for example, from Little Women. Sersha Ronan is the best actor working today, I think. I, mean, I really think that. She's unbelievable. Um, obviously, she was great in the Grand Budapest Hotel, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, but Brooklyn, uh, Lady Bird, I mean, she's been nominated, I think, four times now, has not won yet. She is kind of the Merle Streep of this generation. She is incredible. And her r- role in Little Women way better than uh, Renee Zellweger and Judy. I don't get it. Other nominees uh, were Scarlett Johansson from *Marriage Story*. Scarlett Johansson was was good. I mean, she was she was good. I don't know that I would give her Best Actress for it. I've never been that enthused about Scarlett Johansson's acting ability, although she's usually pretty good in every movie that she's in. You know, she's not bad. Uh, the other two were for nominees that for movies that I didn't see. I'm sorry. I'm trying to give you my my uh, analysis here, and I got to concede. There were three movies I really didn't catch up with that I wanted to. One was Bombshell, and Charlize Theron was nominated for Bombshell. One was Pain and Glory. Antonio Banderas was nominated for Best Actor for Pain and Glory. Didn't see that one. And Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. I didn't catch up with that one as well. So, um, But Brene Zellweger won it for some reason. But congratulations to her. She was, she was good. She was good. Now, Best Picture. I'm going to run through the Best Picture nominees. And give you my thoughts on each of those really quickly, and then we'll get out of here. The first was 1917. 1917 was, again, the World War I picture by Sam Mendes, and was uh, it was really good. It was kind of the favorite in the clubhouse. It wasn't a foregone conclusion, but I think everybody kind of assumed that 1917 was going to win the Oscar for Best Picture. And it was good. It just it checked a lot of the boxes that Oscar films often uh, need to check to win Best Picture. Uh, let me say this, all nine of these nominees better or better than last year's winner, the green book. I mean, not even close. Every single one of these were, were superior. It was a good year for movies. The second nominee was the Irishman Martin Scorsese's, uh, movie where he gets the gang back together. Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, uh, Al Pacino, uh, Harvey Keitel. Really good. Really, really good. If you can, you know, it's tough. I know for a lot of people to watch a really long movie, it's three and a half hours, but, uh, if you can power through it, and it's not really like you're powering through it. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's good. It 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 works, but uh, you're gonna a lot of people see that runtime and won't watch it or want to watch it in like six different installments over you know three nights. But it's good. The Irishman's really good. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. My wife, it's her favorite movie of the year, and uh, it's among my favorites. It was really <laughs> different. It was funny. It was uh, about a kid in uh, in World War II. And uh, I'm not going to spoil much of it other than to say that number one, you should see it. Number two, it, the kid's uh, imaginary friend in the movie is Adolf Hitler, played by the director Taika Waititi. Um And for those of you that are big superhero f- movie fans, um, Taika Watiti was the director of Thor Ragnarok, which to me was among the best of the uh, Marvel movies. It was, I like that one. Funny, really good. So, And, and Jojo Rabbit really good. Joker. Was nominated for Best Picture. Joker, you know, it was a little controversial. I guess some people refused to see it. I get it, and and it was kind of a tough watch. I've seen it twice now, uh. But it's just, it's really, I know it's a little too on the nose with its homage to uh, Todd Phillips' director's homage to Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. It was a little on the nose. I agree, but man, it was it was really good, beginning to end. Walking Phoenix was great in it, and just the look of the film and the feel of the film. I thought it was really, really good. And and I rate it a little more highly than many observers rate it. Um, but I get I get the you know consternation with it. But um, I don't know. I thought it was great. Little Women was nominated for Best Picture. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig may be, did I say this already? May be the best director working today. I may have already said that. If not, I'm going to keep saying it because she's amazing. She directed Lady Bird, which is my number one film of 2017. And uh, this was her adaptation of Little Women, Louisa May, Louisa May Alcott's story. And, and I'm embarrassed to say that I'd never read Little Women, and hadn't seen any of the previous versions of uh, Little Women on film. And uh, saw this one, really, really good. Uh, Saoirse Ronan's great. Uh, Florence Pugh is great. Uh, the what's her name that plays Hermione? You know, that's the, the Harry Potter. What's her name? Emma something. Anyway, she's good in it. It's just, Laura Dern's good in it. Um, it's, it's really good. So, Little Women, worth your time. Uh, so, 1917, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, I've already talked about it. Noah Baumbach, uh, I don't know much more to say about that. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I've seen it three times. Quentin Tarantino's latest, and it gets better every single time. Parasite, Bong Joon-ho, we've already talked about. And the one we've not spoken about, which is Ford versus Ferrari. Matt Damon, it's a James Mangold film starring Matt Damon, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's really good in it. But then again, if Christian Bale's in a movie, he's really good in it. And uh, it's a a fun movie. It's it's better than, like I said, better than Green Book last year. But mm, best picture, I'm I'm not sure about that. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. So that's your nominees. 1917, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, and Ford vs. Ferrari. Everyone kind of assumed going into tonight that 1917 would win and Parasite won, and uh, it was a huge surprise, you know, an international feature film winning Best Picture, never happened before, and uh, I don't know what it means about the future of the Oscars, or what it's saying about the the time we're living in, or whatever, but it's a really good movie, and really deserving, Um, really deserving, I I, I said before the Oscars I could make a case for any of these for Best Picture. literally any of them. And uh, so I, I can't complain about any of them that won. But uh, but you can kind of see why Parasite won. It's really good. And, and I hope those of you that haven't seen it yet will catch up with. It. Yes, it's got subtitles. There are some really good movies that have subtitles. So, you know, go see it. Now, to, to finish up here, I'm going to count down my top 10 movies of the year. Then we'll get out on this uh, Oscar recap podcast that maybe no one will listen to. I'm okay with it if you don't listen to it. I just, I'm doing this for me. Some of these I have to do for me, right? Go Reds. My top t- 10 movies of the year. Count on them down. Number 10, Apollo 11. Apollo 11 was the best documentary I saw this year. It wasn't even nominated in the documentary feature category. It was the best documentary that I saw this year. Apollo 11, yeah, they took like, actual footage from uh, you know, Houston, the Apollo 11 Mission and just kind of, you know, turned it into a HD masterpiece. It was really great, and I don't understand why it didn't get more love. It was my is my top ten, one of my top ten movies of the year. I have it at number ten, number nine, Ad Astra. Now, Ad Astra, I don't know, it, it kind of some people loved it, some people hated it. I loved it. It was directed by James Gray and starred uh, Brad Pitt. Hey, Brad Pitt won an Oscar. James Gray, you're gonna know from let's see, you probably you may have seen The Lost City of Z. You may have seen I'm not sure what else you he's direct that you may have seen. But um at Astra, basically uh, here's here's the uh, the synopsis the near future, a time when both hope and hardships drive humanity to look to the stars and beyond, while a mysterious phenomenon menaces to destroy life on planet Earth, astronaut Roy McBride, that's Brad Pitt undertakes a mission across the immensity of space and its many perils to uncover the truth about a lost expedition that decades before boldly faced emptiness and silence in search of the unknown. (laughs) sounds pretty good, right? Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Donald Sutherland. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's really good. It's a little underrated as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you should watch it. Add Astra. Number number 9 on my list behind number 11, Apollo 11, two movies uh set in space. One real one not real, but hmm are we seeing a trend? No, because the next one is The Farewell. The Farewell directed by Lulu Wang based on a a story that was aired on the radio show This American Life. Um starring Aquafina. Aquafina, really? Come on! It was she was great in it. The movie uh, here's the here is the uh, synopsis: A headstrong Chinese American woman returns to China when her beloved grandmother's given a terminal diagnosis. Billy struggles with her family's decision to keep Grandma in the dark about her own illness as they all stage an impromptu wedding to see Grandpa Grandma one last time. So Grandma is uh, has a fatal illness; she's gonna die, but they keep it from her. It's like a Chinese uh, tradition, I guess, and. Uh, it's just, uh, it's really, it's really good. It's, it's funny. It is, uh, it's going to bring a tear. Maybe if, if you're, uh, you know, that's, that's what you do. And uh, the grandmother played by Zhao Shuzhen. Oh my goodness. She was completely robbed of an Oscar nomination. She's amazing in this. And, and again, Aquafina, who you may have seen in uh, last year's Crazy Rich Asians. She's really, really good in it. So uh, The Farewell. Number eight on my list. Number seven, The Lighthouse. I already discussed it. The Lighthouse stars Robert Pattinson from those uh, werewolf movies. Also stars uh, Willem Dafoe, who has never won an Oscar somehow. Two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Directed by Roger Robert Eggers. He did a movie called, uh, I think, The Witch was the name of it a couple years ago that was kind of haunting. And this movie is really, really good. But, again... My wife said it was her worst movie she saw this year. And so your mileage may vary. Number six on my list of top movies of 2019 is Parasite. We've talked enough about that. I have it ranked number six, but depending on the day, I could see it up as high as number two. It's, It's good. These top six are all... It was a great year for movies. And these top six are all movies that I think everyone should see. They're all really, really amazing. Number five, The Irishman, Martin Scorsese not sure what else I need to say about the Irishman um, yes it's long I know but um, it's set in uh, 1956 originally but it goes throughout time and you know, you know al Pacino plays uh Jimmy Hoffa it's about a guy who's uh, you know gets into the mob and you know it it's a it's a mob story but it's really good it's really really good number four is the one that got completely shut out the Oscars and I don't get it I really don't understand. It. It's uncut gems was number four on my list. Uh, Josh and Benny Safdie, the Safdie brothers. Um, <laughs> it's got uh, Adam Sandler and you know who else was good in it? Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, the uh, basketball player, you know, Boston Celtics, Minnesota Timberwolves. He was really good. He's a good actor, and Sandler was great in it. I don't understand how this didn't get more love at the Oscars. It was, uh, you know. How long was it here? Let me let me find it here. It's uh, 135 minutes, so two hours 15 minutes, and it was two hours and 15 minutes of a panic attack. It was just intense from beginning to end, and that doesn't sound like fun. Two and, two hours 15 minutes of a panic attack, and and you know I, I understand at times it wasn't fun. It was it was excruciating, but man, it was so good. It really moved you. Number three, Joker. Number two, Marriage Story. And number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, my top movie of 2019. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Los Angeles, 1969. TV star Rick Dalton, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, a struggling actor specializing in westerns, and stuntman Cliff Booth, that's Brad Pitt, his best friend, try to survive in a constantly changing movie in- industry. Dalton is the neighbor of the young and promising actress and model Sharon Tate, who has just married the prestigious director. Roman Polanski. Now, if you know anything about the uh, Manson murders and Sharon Tate and um, that story, well, it's a little bit of a twist on it, and it is uh, incredible. Once upon a time in Hollywood, probably the second best. Uh, it's definitely top three, but I would say probably the second best Tarantino movie. I would uh, maybe put uh, *Inglorious Bastards* as close as number two. *Pulp Fiction* number one. So, but it's about once upon a time in Hollywood. My number one movie of 2019. So, um, you can go to chaddotson.com and look at the blog there if you want to see my full top 25 list along with my five worst movies of the year. Worst movie of the year: The Laundromat, Steven uh, Soderbergh. Oof, awful. Um, which reminds me that Parasite, which Best Picture of the year this year and a deserving winner. Two years ago, Bong Joon Ho, the director, director of *Parasite*, <laughs> directed my worst movie of 2017, which is a film called *Okja*, which is a Netflix movie, and it is garbage. I mean, it's bad. But *Parasite* is uh, just as good as *Okja* is bad. Okay, there you go. That's enough. I've wasted enough of my time because I don't think any of you all are going to be listening to this. But if you did, thank you so much uh, for Bong Joon Ho and I don't know me. This is me. Saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time